0: Thank you for having me here this morning. It's always nice to be invited to a congregation to share God's Word. It's even better to be invited back, so I thank you for having me. As I have gotten to know your congregation just a little bit in the short time that I've been here, I've learned two things about you as a congregation. First is that you have a strong gift of hospitality, I have seen that uh, repeatedly from a variety of members of your congregation toward me, and I feel very welcome here, so I thank you for that. And I've also come to realize that you enjoy being together as a congregation, and I think that is to be commended. You enjoy spending to get time together with one another, and you, you enjoy each other's presence. So I, I acknowledge that. This morning we are going to look at Jonah chapter 2. It's on page 1,434 in your pew Bible, if you'd like to follow along. Jonah chapter 2, I'll read the entire chapter, which in this version is entitled, Jonah's Prayer. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought me up. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. We know very little about the writer of the book of Jonah. It may have been Jonah himself. More likely it was someone else. The story may have been passed down through generations in an oral tradition of parents sharing the story with their, grand, with their children before somebody said, you know, this is good stuff. We need to write this down. But we do know two things about the writer of the book of Jonah. And the first was that the writer had a love for the book of Psalms. A love for the book of Psalms because in no less than 33 occasions in the book of Jonah, there are direct quotes or references or allusions to the book of Psalms. So if you have a favorite psalm, you may recognize a phrase or a section of the book of Jonah because the writer was so much in love with the book of Psalms that he told the story of Jonah very much using Phraseology from the book of Psalms. The second thing that we know about the writer of the book of Jonah was that he loved prayer. He appreciated prayer. Almost the entire chapter two is a prayer of Jonah. Essentially a quarter of the book of Jonah is prayer. The writer was so careful to love prayer that it came out in what he said and what he wrote. Today, as we look at the book of Jonah, we realize that Jonah chapter 2 is one of the great prayers in all of Scripture. It is looked to as an example that is frequently used in churches, used in personal quiet times, as a standard for prayer and how to pray in a very illustrative Excellent example of prayer. So much so that some commentators have looked at Jonah chapter 2 and said, well maybe the prayer was written first. The prayer was passed down from generation to generation until somebody came along and wrote the rest of the story around it. Where other commentators have said, no, 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 the rest of the story was written first. And then somebody sat down and wrote the prayer of Jonah but it's much more likely as we see the structure of the book of Jonah that the prayer is integral to the entire story. We can't tell the story of Jonah without the prayer and we can't pray the prayer of Jonah without understanding the the wider context of the story. So they belong together. The prayer of Jonah is prayed when Jonah finally hits rock bottom. For some people, who are going the wrong direction, it takes until rock bottom hits before they turn their lives around and once again look toward God for help. The occasion was Jonah being in the great fish as we looked at last week. God called Jonah to go this way, but Jonah went that way. God called Jonah to rise up, to go up to Nineveh, but Jonah went down. His descent began when he went down to the harbor and got down into a ship and then went down into the hold of the ship. The downward spiral continued when God brought along a great storm on the ocean. and The boat was about to sink and Jonah had to inform the sailors that the only way that they could survive was to take him and to throw him into the water. And Jonah's descent continued down into the water until he was swallowed by a great fish. This was Jonah's rock bottom. And it was at this point that Jonah said, I need to pray. I need to look upwards again. God has called me to go up and I've gone the wrong way. I need to make a change. For different people at different times in their lives, that realization comes upon us. Sometimes quickly, quickly, Sometimes very slowly. We need to find that bottom before we say, yes, it's time to pray. And prayer is always a good thing. But sometimes when we get into trouble, we think of prayer as a way of getting out of that trouble to see whether we've tried everything else. Well, maybe prayer will work. Does prayer work? If we're in this horrible situation and we want to get out of it, we try this, we try that, we try everything... And then we say, well, maybe prayer will help us. Prayer always works. Prayer always works, but it doesn't always work in the way that we want it to. When we pray, do we somehow make God love us more? No, God loves us already with a complete and total love. Prayer reminds us of that love, reminds us. Does prayer somehow... Give God charge of our world as though He's not in control. No, God is sovereign. But prayer reminds us that He is sovereign. Often, the best part of praying is what it does for us in reminding us. Does prayer work? Prayer always works, but not always the way we want it to. I learned that the hard way when I was in summer camp as a child. I went on a canoe trip with, a, with my cabin mates and my counselor. I was about eight years of age. And we were going along this pathway. We were portaging our canoes. We had canoed as far as we could in one direction, and then we came to a stretch of land. And to get to the next lake to continue the canoe trip, we had to carry all of our gear up over land. So the counselors took the canoes on their shoulders, moved the canoes, But it was up to us campers to put the backpacks on our backs and carry them from one lake to another. And I think I got the heaviest backpack, and I'm sure it weighed more than I I did, my recollections anyways. And as I walked along this pathway, the weight of the backpack pressed down on my shoulders until it hurt. I wanted relief from the situation. And about halfway through the trip, I noticed, halfway through the pathway, I noticed my counselor coming back. Apparently he had completed his task of taking the canoe from one lake to another and was coming back. I thought, wonderful, my counselor's here. He's going to take this backpack from me. After all, he was my counselor, wasn't he? He was there to help me, wasn't he? I was thrilled that he was going to help me, and he did help me. He walked right past me and kept going. I thought, what kind of counselor is this? Only in retrospect that I'm able to realize that, yes, as an eight-year-old boy, I needed the challenge of carrying that backpack, even when it hurt. My counselor answered my concerns by doing nothing, and it was the right thing for him to do. So sometimes when we cry out to God for relief, it's important for us to remember that what we are going through is what we are going through for our own good. God is going with us through it. God cares about us, but God's not answering the prayer the way that we want him to answer it. Sometimes God has a better means of ministering to us, even that we think ourselves. Prayer is not a magic talisman to make things happen our way. Prayer is not a way to control God and change our lives in the way that we wish that they would change. But prayer changes us for the good and makes us better people because we are once again looking to God and acknowledging His greatness and His power in our dependence upon Him. There are many different kinds of prayers that we can pray. Prayers of praise, prayers of thanksgiving, prayers of, I have a need, will you minister to my need? And this prayer of Jonah seems to incorporate quite a bit of that, a number of different types of prayers. But ultimately, Jonah was praying for help. Jonah was in a crisis situation. He realized the situation that he was in was unsustainable. He would not survive. And so he cried out, for help. And the conclusion that he comes to, his great proclamation in his prayer, is that salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord, not from ourselves, not from any other source, but from the Lord and the Lord alone. There are many pseudo-gods in our lives that make false promises to us, that promise to help us when we're in a difficult situation. And often we are tempted to follow one of these pseudo-gods. If we ever look to money or sex or fame or power as a means of getting out of a situation, as a means to satisfying ourselves, as a means to move forward in what we think that we need to do, we are always disappointed. Because salvation comes from the Lord and only the Lord. And what is salvation? Well, often when we hear the word salvation and we think about it in church, we are thinking about an intellectual pursuit. We're thinking about a concept. We have an idea that salvation is, well, there's a broken relationship between us and God and we need Jesus' sacrifice on the cross to forgive our sins so that our relationship can be right again. And that's all true. But if it stays only in our heads, we don't truly understand the need of salvation. Because salvation is the greatest cry of our heart, not just our head. Salvation is not something that we merely discuss on Sunday so that Monday through Saturday we can go our merry way knowing that somehow the concept is made right. Salvation involves all of our lives. Any time that we are crying out for help, we need to be saved. So ultimately, in Jonah's prayer, he's crying out, "Help me, help me." What does salvation mean for Jonah inside a fish, underwater? What did salvation mean for Joseph, sold into slavery in Egypt? What did salvation mean for the sailors who are about to die out on the water in the middle of a storm? What does salvation mean to the Ninevites whose sins had been so great they came up before God and God is threatening to destroy them? What does salvation mean to David who is being pursued by his murderous father-in-law breathing threats? Salvation is indeed a heartfelt condition. Help me. Help me. And so Jonah prays for help. Jonah realizes that he has to make a change. That the direction he's going is not working. The direction he is going will not continue. And he cries out for help. That God may turn his life around may turn his circumstances around and come through in his great promises and come through in his great love for us and for Jonah and for anybody else who is in a situation of need, whatever our need happens to be. God loves us and wants to hear from us and invites us to pray, invites us to praise him, invites us to confess our sins Invites us to give thanks to him as the author of all good gifts in our lives. God encourages prayer. Prayer is very important for us as individuals and believers. Prayer is the lifeblood of our relationship with God. Can you imagine a circumstance where one day we decided to no longer talk to members of our family or our friends? Or our coworkers, we just stopped talking altogether. Can you imagine a situation in which we stopped listening to the other members of our family, our friends, and our coworkers? That would be crazy. We couldn't function in the world and with other people without talking and listening. Well, so it is in our relationship with God. God invites us to speak to Him. To pour out our hearts and pour out our concerns and also to listen to him, to what he has to say back to us. Because sometimes in prayer, the listening part is the most crucial part for us to pay attention to. The occasion of Jonah's prayer was a long stretch of time, with not a whole lot on his agenda. He was stuck inside a fish. Some of my best prayers have been times which I've set aside a certain amount of time to interact with the Lord, to speak with Him, to listen to Scripture, to allow God to minister to me. Some of my greatest prayers have been long driving trips when I've driven across the country and had hours in front of me. Many saints of the church down through history have gone on retreats or spent extended time in prayer because of the value of prayer and the benefits that it brings. So Jonah had a whole lot of time to pray and a whole lot of need in his life. The intersection of those two enabled him to put together a very beautiful prayer in which he acknowledged God's greatness, in which he thanked God for who he is, and in which he cried out for help. The question still Linger as to whether Jonah truly understood his situation and was truly making a turn in his life. That's not answered in Jonah chapter 2. It remains yet to be seen what happens to Jonah, the disobedient prophet, the prophet that in some ways we can relate to because he is more human than some of the other prophets that we read about in Scripture. How sincere is his turnaround? Is he going to make a change? Will we see a difference in his actions? We will find out. What's going to happen to the people of Nineveh? God is threatening to destroy them. Jonah is told to go up and speak to them. How is that all going to work out? God's love is so great that this is not just a story of Jonah. This is a story of humankind. Humankind. This is your and my story. This is the story of our congregation. God leading us and guiding us. God calling us to do certain things, and often we fall short. And yet, God abides with us. God gives us second chances. God gives us the opportunity to turn our lives around, but not by following pseudo gods, not by being drawn in different directions. Because salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation, if it is to come, will come from the Lord because salvation only comes from the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we thank you that you accept us as being human, that you know our faults and our weaknesses. We thank you that you continue to educate us, to help us to grow, to bring people and circumstances into our lives that change us, help us to mature in you. Thank you that we are better today than we were a year ago and that we will be better in the future than we are right now because of your grace. Help us to look to you for our strength and our salvation because salvation comes from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.